Hey, welcome to the podcast of C3 Los Angeles. I'm Jake Sweetman, and together with my wife, Nicole, we lead this church. We're glad you're here, and we pray that wherever you're tuning in from, that you are encouraged and strengthened by this word. Here's today's message. We are in our series of Rebel Joy, as Sarah said, and um, we're going to leave some time for ministry, for you really to open up your hearts for what the Lord is going to do. And so I'm going to pass it over soon to your location, Pastor, Pastor Joseph. Um, But for right now, I'd love for you to turn in your Bibles, digital or otherwise, to Philippians 2, verses 1 through 2. And that's where we're going to start today. And we're talking about rebel joy because Christian joy is rebellious. We've talked about that because it is so countercultural, right? It's not the response that we ought to have according to the world when we have joy. And so if we learn that Paul is writing this letter to the church of Philippi, and the context of this is that Paul is in prison. And that's going to be a a really awesome context to know as you read through the book of Philippians, because you'll see Paul just rejoicing, rejoicing. And you have to remember that he's rejoicing within the walls of a prison. So it really brings context to just how much joy is not related to our circumstances, As Sarah was saying in her offering message, it's just not related to our circumstances. We are able to choose it no matter what our circumstances are. So in Philippians 2, verses 1 through 2, it says, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in one accord and of one mind. Paul is speaking here quite rhetorically. Now, of course, he knows there is an encouragement in Christ. He knows the great comforts that have come from the affection and the mercy that Jesus has shown. He knows the great value that has come through the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and how he has led and guided this church. But what Paul is basically saying here is that we're of the same doctrine, right? We're under the same doctrine. Let's start there. And what he's setting up is this point that since we are under the same doctrine and we have received these things, the result ought to be a unified church with the same love, same accord, same mind. That is the natural result. And Paul was so absolutely convinced of the gospel as good news that this is what completed his joy. That to see a church that was unified in fellowship with one another and one accord, that completed Paul's joy. And I have to be honest, that was pretty convicting for me because it made me pause and think, what completes my joy? And so now I pose that same question to you. What completes your joy? Is it the promise of this perfect promotion? Is it reaching a certain amount of followers? Is it getting to physical peak shape to run that marathon? Is it getting the role of your dreams? Is it finding the man or woman of God to marry? Is it getting to buy that house? Is it getting the business to this amazing, your business to this amazing success? Is it any of those things? Because there's nothing wrong with those things. There's, we have nothing against your goals and big dreams, but it is about your mindset. I think that sometimes we believe and we behave as Christians like our Christian life is this kind of mundane, respectfully mundane. It's, you know, obedience is 
cool, but it's a little bit of a drag if we're honest. And boy, when that moment of joy comes though, it's all worth it. We can celebrate. We're on the mountaintop. And since we're on the mountaintop, we set our eyes on the next mountaintop and the next mountaintop. And before you know it, your, your joy begins to dip like the valleys in between. That peak to peak mindset even permeates our spiritual lives sometimes. Because we may have experienced like had this supernatural encounter with God in prayer or through prophecy or, and then we get on this emotional high and the danger of that is that we return to church and we, get, we allow ourselves to be disappointed because we're still chasing that high instead of abiding in the joy, the eternal joy that that moment brought us. Not realizing that those moments weren't meant to adorn our faith, they were meant to transform us. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> It's those moments of joy. Jesus' joy is, is about this acceleration of being right with the Father. It's choosing to constantly walk in his love and to walk in the love and the care of his people. You know, many Christians believe that these mountaintops are what complete our joy. But in truth, the depth of our joy is actually in the daily living under the revelation of what completes our joy. It's, the, it's more simple than we think. It's just more simple than we think. But we can be deceived into thinking that the abundance of joy in our life comes from obtaining our wildest dreams and our most earnest desires. But the true overflow of joy is in the way we live daily. And this isn't some random thought that Paul had. There are echoes of this when Jesus spoke in John 15, 11. He says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. And what are these things? Just go back one verse. These things are, if you keep my commands, if you remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. So he's saying, these things I've spoken to you that your joy, my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. He's talking about obedience. When we abide in the love of God and we keep his commandments, we experience a fullness of joy. And that's a promise. Now Paul goes on in Philippians 2, verses 3 through 5. And he says, do nothing of selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Have, the mind, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. See, he's giving us particular behaviors that contribute to the health and the unity of the church. In response to the love and the fellowship and the mercy and affection that Jesus has already shown toward us. Those daily decisions to walk a certain way, to walk in health, to walk in light of Jesus, that's where we begin to dig deep wells of complete joy. You know, have you ever started doing something healthy and then you started to like reap the benefits of it? 
right? So if you, for maybe if you start drinking a lot more water and you notice like your skin is getting clear, it's like, this is cool. Or you start exercising and you start sleeping better. Or maybe like you, you start <laughs> stewarding your finances well and you're no longer holding your breath when you make transactions. <laughs> it's those little simple things along the way that bring so much joy because you know that you're sowing into something so much bigger. And when it's, when it's challenging, we can still delight in knowing that the Lord is with us. That's how we choose joy. And you can see this all over the Psalms, but there, there are 15 Psalms that are called the Songs of Ascent. And Psalm 131, which we're going to read, is one of them. And interestingly enough, the Song of Ascent comes from the Hebrew, Hebrew word um, ma'alot. And that means just goings up, right? Because as they made pilgrimages through... In Jerusalem, Jerusalem is full of mountains, they often involve going uphill, <laughs> right? So they would sing these songs, the worshipers would sing these songs as they ascended up the mountain on their journey. And so if we look in Psalm 131, David says this, O Lord, my, my heart is not lifted up, my eyes are not raised too high, I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me, but I have calmed and quieted my soul like a winged child with its mother like a winged child is my soul within me God calls us to calm and quiet our souls like a winged child it's a mark of maturity as we trust God in our daily walk and I also think there's another way to think about it we think that joy is only found in the explanation point that can only be associated with certain words, right? So we think like happiness, you know, accomplishment, excitement. Those are the exclamation points. But I wonder if we ought to really live like joy is a semicolon. I'm going to get super teachy on you. A semicolon is used to link two independent clauses that are closely related in thought. So for me, it looks like this. Take your thoughts, join them with joy. Take your position, uh, positioning your calendar to prioritize being here on church, join it with joy. Take your logging on to Tuesday morning prayer, join it with joy. These are our daily practices. Take your leading your neighborhood group or showing up for it, join it with joy. Take your meeting a need in this church, join it with joy. Take your giving and join it with joy. And the fact is, when we link joy to every circumstance, as Paul did, it becomes this exclamation point. That's called blessed. That's what God calls it. And that daily walking out of joy, that filling us and filling us to overflow, the mountaintops may feel like abundance, but the overflow is in the daily Christian living that we assign the right value to. And when we live that way, it just makes the peaks so much more better. More better, is that a phrase it is now? <laughs> you know, I have a friend who recently dropped her daughter off to college for the first time. She dropped her off at Princeton, which is quite an achievement for both student and parent. And Princeton can be a mountaintop, right? That's a peak. But when they tell the story, what I hear about is the whole family driving her up there. 
the grandparents being able to take part in it, getting to know the friends that she's gonna be friends with for the next four years and feeling safe and secure. Like seeing her dorm room, it's all these little things. Princeton was the mountaintop, but the overflow came from the family connections and how much they loved one another and loved supporting her in that moment. That's a picture of what it looks like. We love the mountaintops. But if our, our view of joy is only from peak to peak, then one, you'd have to be superhuman to maintain that. Right? You're going, the only people I know that can go from peak straight to peak are superheroes. They only exist in the Marvel or DC universe. And we all know that Zack Snyder completely robbed the joy of that universe. <laughs> but you'd have to be a superhero. You cannot maintain that. And two, you miss out on the overflow of the daily fellowship with one another. We're not going to experience true joy apart from people and not apart from God's people. That's why it's so important that we catch this, revel this revelation as a church. There's one commentary that states it like this. This experience of the son and the Father has come to us through the Holy Spirit, who is himself the eternal bond of fellowship within the Trinity. In Christ, he pours that aspect of his divine nature, fellowship, upon the church. To have received the gift of fellowship, but to fail to exercise it, must be central denial of saving truth. Our external witness must reflect our internal health as a body of Christ. We work out these instructions that Paul gives us with one another when we commit first to showing up, to being here. You can't be unified if you're not here. When we commit to our neighborhood groups, when we commit to striving side by side, as Pastor Jake was saying next week, when we commit to purpose, when we commit to hosting and being on team, we commit to not just keeping it here on a Sunday, but doing this in all parts of our lives. Because these are not just spaces of community and friendship. They are spaces of equipping and transformation. And when we start to live this way, under this rich expectation of what God is going to do in our daily lives, <laughs> then we get to live from a deep well of complete joy. We begin to take note of the little ways God is, is building and growing and correcting and preparing us and the church. And all of a sudden, it becomes exciting when you hear our numbers being added to, to our Nashville team. It becomes exciting when you hear that there are new neighborhood groups being started because we're meeting new, we're new people. It becomes exciting when you hear the history of hospitality that we got to hear one night this week and how it has opened up doors to freedom and transformed people's lives. And more than take note, we get to enjoy it and we get to desire what God desires. The fruit of the Spirit helps us to accomplish this. Philippians 2.13 says, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. God is in you working toward these things. You are not doing it alone. And as I close, 
and the band can come back up as I'm going to welcome up Pastor Joe. I wanted to remind us of this quote from Diedrich Bonhoeffer. It says, the church is not a religious community of worshipers of Christ, but it is Christ himself who has taken form among people. Just think about that for a moment. When we assign the right value to simple Christian living, we allow God's way of living to be the priority in our lives. We begin to look like and experience the church that Christ sees. It's complete with his joy. It is overflowing into purpose. As we share the good news with those who desperately are seeking truth, And when they see the joy in us that is not like the world, it opens up the the doors of their heart to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And they get to drink from the deep wells of complete joy. I just wanna pray for you as Pastor Joseph comes up. Would you stand to your feet? just lift your hands to heaven and say, Lord, I thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. Father, would you do a mighty work here in our hearts? Would you bring us to the point of surrender? Holy Spirit, we invite you to do what only you can do in this place, what only you can do in our hearts, each heart here that is represented, each family represented. Holy Spirit, have your way. We surrender everything to you. We will not let pride hold us back. We will not let shame hold us back. We will let nothing hold us back from coming to your altar, from giving ourselves to you. We thank you. It is in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the C3 Los Angeles podcast. If you found today's message helpful, we encourage you to share it with a friend and consider rating it. If you'd like more information about our church or details on how to get connected to a neighborhood group, head to c3losangeles.com. We love you. Thanks for tuning in with us.